You guys, today I have two amazing guests on, and I am excited to share them with you because I was just on their podcast, I think it was last week, the week before, and we had some really awesome conversation, and I'm excited that I get to kind of follow up with some of that with you guys and and share more of who you guys are because you two recently started a podcast, which I have been talking a lot about. just starting something before you feel ready or before you have like all of the answers. So our guests today are Kim Ocean and Annie Grace are two aligned soul sisters who have just launched their own podcast, Awakening 101, which is all about understanding a spiritual awakening and manifestation. We're going to jam out about some manifestation. They are on a mission to inspire their cosmic family with deep ass conversations around all things, consciousness, manifestation, wellness, and spirituality. You can find their new podcast on Spotify, Apple, and Anchor. Awakening 101 is the place to tune in for all of these beautiful conversations to be had. So girls, welcome to the show. Thank you, Jessica. Such an honor. So good to see you again. (laughs) Hey, I know. I was just saying before we hit record that I don't often get to see my guests this this regularly. So um, it's fun because, you know, sometimes you get into such great conversation on a podcast, either like being interviewed or, you know, you being the interviewee person. And then it's like, you got to put an end to it or tie a bow on it. And I'm always like, I want more. (laughs) That's, I think, the beautiful thing about podcasts is like when you are a listener, you can binge on episodes or you can tune into specific specific people to like get you in a specific mindset. So, um, that's why I always try to diversify like strategy and business with like some of the woo stuff and things that are actually not taught to us as we grow up. And you guys dive into a lot of that with both of your backgrounds being so different, but one of my favorite things that I've been exploring more is manifestation because I stay so in the like doing that I, I really worry about how things are going to get done. And it was said to me that manifestation is more or less more of like putting out in, in the universe, what it is that you want and less about worrying about how it's going to happen. Exactly. So yeah. I want you to talk to us about who you are and then how you guys decided to start this podcast and, and really create this conversation. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, yeah. I, I guess we should start with uh, how it got started and then yeah. we'll get into a little bit more of who we are and you're very good at <laughs> how it got started story. Um, okay. So how it got started was, uh, Kim and I would always see each other at a lot of group events and we would just get into these conversations about manifestation, law of attraction, just who we are as people, our souls, just these really deep conversations, but they would always get cut off because it was just in a group setting or something like that. And so we were um, at a Thanksgiving event together and she had to leave early and we had just gotten into another good conversation. And I was like, hey, I would love to hang out with you one-on-one. Like, could we please do that? Because I just like really, I, I would love to like talk to you more. And she was like, yeah, of course. Like we already had each other's phone numbers. And then, um, like two days later, I get a text from her being like, hey, so do you want to go on a hike up to uh, Julian? And I was like, heck yeah. So we went on a hike. And since like we got in the car, we started talking nonstop going off on different tangents. And it was so crazy how our stories are so similar, but so different and how we just yeah live like all they always align in some area. And it was just like, so great. And then on our car ride, we were talking about a podcast and she was saying how she would like to start 
something that ha carried conversations that we were talking about. And I was like, I, I've wanted to do that, but I, and I've been told I should do something like that, but I've always been like a little hesitant. I'm not one to like, want to be photographed or like want to be like put myself out there and so it is being very vulnerable to me but it would be so beautiful if i had someone to do it with and she was like do you want to do it together let's do it and i was like okay yeah. so yeah that's how it started and mm -hmm. and even going into human design too i think jessica you and i are both projectors right I remember correctly and it's like that wait for the invitation and the way that i i want to dive into it so much more i really mm -hmm. want to understand it and have it read for me um but what i understand about that is is it's creating and also like the beauty of having like those uh, opportunities come to you and like knowing when the, they're right and when she said that too i was like oh that's it like i, <laughs> I thrive with like a little bit of external accountability and just kind of that um working together. I love collaboration. Yeah. And um, so when we decided to do it together, it just happened so quickly and so naturally. And I kept getting, I listened to um, a lot of podcasts and like the Abraham Hicks specifically, I listened to a lot of Abraham Hicks and every advertisement is about Anchor app and um, how easy it is to like start your own podcast. It's like, if you thought starting a podcast was hard, try to figure out <laughs> and it's free and all that. And so that's what we've been using. And it's just, has been a lot easier than I thought it would yeah. be to get started. And it's fantastic. We have what three episodes live. Yeah. Um, is it Jessica's launching tomorrow? Yeah. Yours is launching tomorrow or tonight at midnight. Or, yeah, tonight. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, I think we kind of, were just like, let's just start right off the bat and we're, you're never, I, I believe that you're never going to fully be ready for something. You just kind of need to start it. And I'll let the pieces fall together. Let it be as you're like, as we were talking about earlier, just raw as fuck. I love that. And it will, you learn from that. You bring vulnerability and a lot of freedom to people who listen um, when you're like that. And so that's kind of how we're, we've, we've started. We just decided to start and let the pieces fall mm -hmm. together. Yeah. That's beautiful. I, I watching you girls, we're on Zoom right now. I don't post video for my podcast anymore, but it's like watching a new new couple that is just like go and think and like finishing other sentences. It's like, it's, it, you guys took it one level further and committed to doing something together. You like birthed a little baby that you both have to show up for. But there's something about doing something in partnership, right? That not everybody, some people like to roll solo and there's plenty of people out there that have podcasts that don't have any even interview people that they do. It's just like a strictly solo talk episode. But I think how many of you guys listening have a girlfriend that, you know, if you hit record, people would want to listen to what you're saying. Uh -huh. And that's why like when anybody has like an itch to put content out there, they think it has to be some grandiose, like teachable, tangible stuff. But like the best things in life are like when you just get to listen in on someone's conversation. Like, that's what I love about being at the salon or like when you're in the elevator and you hear people talking, you're like, what? You like want to listen more. You want to hear like, what up? What? What did you guys say? And I feel like that's the beautiful thing about a podcast is it's like you guys met, you realize you had a lot in common. And it's like, we're all so similar in so many different ways. Like that's the connection piece is you're going to find yourself in somebody else's story. And so, you know, yay, you started. So congratulations. Yeah. Thank you so much. And kind of going back, I think we touched on it in your episode on our podcast, but kind of like that perfectionism and like getting, yeah. releasing a lot of that. And, um, 
that conversation's come up a few times in the last few weeks with different people. And I think what helped us and kind of inspires me in general to kind of release that perfectionism is one thing a friend told me once from the book, um, I think it's four hour work week. He talks about minimum viable product, MVP, minimum viable product. And that's like, what can you, like you were saying, like, don't, edit, you know, you don't edit the audio, just get it out there raw, like put it out there and you can like edit and grow and fix things as you go along as, as it needs to happen. But that's kind of how I started my business, uh, my own business, children's holistic therapy. It was just kind of learn as you go along step-by-step step, and just like, you know, okay, this is the next step I know to make this happen and make it come alive and just allowing the evolution to unfold. And another thing I work with myself on is like, would I give it like an A minus or a B plus? Like, and is that, that's good enough for me. Like it doesn't have to be a hundred percent perfect. It can be like 80 to 90% perfect. And that's great. Like that's getting it out there. Like I watch my mom when I was little, she's a realist painter. She painted this glorious painting behind us. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And it took her five years. <laughs> And she paints with such detail. It's like Thomas Kincaid. Um, for those of you listening, it's like realism, like beautiful, yeah. beautiful detail. But she'll paint it white over if she's like not happy with it and start over completely. Like she's such a perfectionist. And it's like broken my heart so many times <laughs> to watch her and um, like have that perfectionist struggle where it's like, mom, it was so good. Like the first, it took you like two hours to paint it the first time and it was gorgeous. And yet like she can tediously like, pick at it for years. Yeah. I think we know think, so many people like that, that they get stuck in the perfectionism. Therefore, like nothing, A, maybe even gets done or no one gets to see that side of them that could have been, you know, appreciated and loved on just for what it was. And I think that's, there's exact opposite in art where people just, you know, throw some splatter and they're charged $5,000 for their piece of art. <laughs> yes. So, I mean, everything is art. Everything that we put out is like a creative representation of you. So how, who's ever going to be able to label it as perfect, even yourself. Like, I don't know that I've ever done something and been like, that's perfect. Like I could pick mm -hmm. anything apart, you know, on yourself, on your work. Like it's, it's too intense of a, of a thing. And I, I had to give that up like quite a long time ago. Otherwise I would have just got stuck in my own shit. Mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, I love the like movement of like wabi-sabi of how it's like the imperfections make it perfect. And I think that, we are, I mean, as it goes with our podcast, we want to tell, like, share people our stories and let them know that they're not alone. And I think perfectionism can be very isolating and it can really give us false message. And that's definitely not what we are about at all. And so, yeah, I think it's just starting and just letting everything pull together is really, in a lot of aspects of life is just really powerful. Yeah. Love that. So I know we talked about manifestation off the jump, and I know that the majority of people listening to this type of podcast know or have heard of manifestation, probably have manifested amazing things in your life or you thought of things that you wanted and then there they were. Usually it comes in a form other than what you think it is, like the path of whatever thing you wanted or like the person or the circumstance or whatever. But can you walk us through what manifestation looks like when you guys talk about it or, or how you both integrate it into your lives and how you use it? Yeah, absolutely. So I think for me, like as a, as a whole, I'm relatively new to it. Like I hadn't even really heard the term before and like before, maybe four years ago, like I had a dramatic spiritual awakening in 2018. 
had been like super Christian growing up and like kind of a rebellious Jesus freak through <laughs> high school and college, like had my faith, but also partied and like lived, you know, kind of a, what I felt like a dualistic lifestyle. Like I, you know, taught Sunday school and then would like go drink and party. And <laughs> one, one time I actually went, taught Sunday school and then threw up in my car because I was so hungover. <laughs> <laughs> So keeping it real. Yeah. Um, so then I kind of got like, um, burnt out, I think from the church and in my like late twenties and just kind of like the judgment and things I experienced there. And, and a lot of like my friends were gay and just didn't feel included. And so it was just, um, a difficult decision for me, but I like still had my faith, but I walked away from the church. And then, um, in 2018, I had gone through a breakup. I had just gotten my little dog, Roxy, and I was living in a studio apartment. And I wanted to, or no, I went to a yoga class um, and I kind of like intuitively heard that first day in Shavasana, like come back tomorrow. And then I came back the next day and I heard again, like during Shavasana, like come back tomorrow. And it was pretty like audible. And I remember as a kid, like hearing messages from what I believe to be God and like feeling that same kind of like energy of love and just would get overwhelmed by it in a, in a good way. And so it was that same kind of like feeling and message. And then the third day it was like, this is part of your divine training. Come back tomorrow. So like, I came back again the fourth day. I got this like really profound message of like, I just got washed over. I was like crying and it was like this huge, unconditional love energy like overwhelming my body and as I was lying there and it was just like affirmations were being poured on me like you are my precious daughter you have never sinned you've never been judged like you are perfect whole complete loved and it was just such a profound experience and then I think it was that day uh someone my my teacher I talked to her about my experience and she was like um I think I was like, I think I want to learn how to meditate. <laughs> She's like, okay, uh, go get the book, The Power of Now. And so uh -huh. like on my way home from the class, I went and got that book and I just like voraciously read it, but like, it's a little bit tedious to read. And so I just like took my time with it and learned how to meditate and was just like meditating like three hours a day and had this like profound, like brain body transformation it was like, felt like I was on mushrooms for like three months. I would go outside and like the trees were like talking to me and <laughs> sparkling and it was just nuts. <laughs> That's how beautiful the story. I love that. I keep going. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that was like the first, what I call like a dramatic light switch, like spiritual awakening for me. It was like, I felt alive for the first time and I just like saw life through new eyes and I was excited about everything and just like voraciously consuming spiritual content on YouTube and books, like just reading. And I hadn't finished a book cover to cover since I was like in school. And even then I'm not sure I ever did. <laughs> so I like to be reading books, like cover to cover and just like going through them was just such a different like ability that I didn't know that I had. And it just, I felt like a different person. And then, um, you know, started like, using a little bit of psychedelics and like was opening to that aspect of it and um had some like out of body experiences and just some intense experiences it was kind of became like a roller coaster and thought i was losing my mind and it was a whole year of that <laughs> and um 
but just kind of coming back to it and coming back to meditation. And like, for me, the most profound thing of that, especially when I felt had that like God encounter in yoga class was realizing that God was the same God that I interacted with as a child, but was so outside of the church. Like that Mm -hmm. for me was the hugest realization that like God, universe, source, divine love, like love, energy, whatever you want to call it, whatever resonates with you. For me, it was realizing that it was like consistent. Like God was like outside of religion and that maybe all religions like point to um, that kind of truth or try to like point to that kind of experience or love, but that we were all like never judged and that we're just all accepted and loved. Like (laughs) it was the most profound thing that I could have ever realized. Yeah. That is so beautiful. That is amazing. <laughs> Do you have a story you want to share with us too, as how you got some awareness around manifestation and like how you see, how you use it now in your day to day? I would love to. Um, okay. So where do I start? Um, okay. I was, uh, I was adopted at a very young age. And before that, I remember being, um, I was, I was born to two parents who were just awful people. I um, was in and out of foster care starting at age two. And from age two, I always felt like, okay, this is it. Like I have a weird memory where I think because of the trauma I went through, I remember almost everything. And I remember being two being like, it's just me. I am all I have. And I always kind of felt just like dark. Like I never really wanted to live. And I got adopted into a family that was very conservative Christian, but you don't talk about a thing. Like everybody has something going on, but they don't want help for it and they don't talk about it. Like, and I just had such a traumatic childhood. They had to change my name after I got adopted. It was like, my parents were just, my biological parents were just awful. And it was just like, I had all this trauma that I couldn't talk to anyone about. And so I internalized it. And I felt like as if over the years, like I started, I started self-harming very young. um, And it was a way for me to kind of keep it under control. And in the family I got adopted to, as long as you looked good and got like, did okay, you were, you were great. Like, and so Oh, it was um, about high school that I got to a point where I couldn't, I couldn't contain it anymore. I couldn't internalize it anymore. I was starting to like act out. Um, I just wanted, I had multiple, like, I remember I would go into the hospital and the nurses would call me nine lives because I was there almost every weekend. Like, I know for a reason that I'm supposed to be alive today because there's so like, the things I did, I know, like, I should not be alive. Like, and Mm -hmm. so I know for a fact, I'm like, still here, like for a purpose. Mm -hmm. And um, I was in and out of the like, um, mental hospitals, rehab, like all of that. And I just did not want to live. I my brother would tell me he's like, you're the most negative person alive. And Mm -hmm. it was just like, I was just consumed with darkness. And um, growing up from a very young age, I always had these visions of like, just I saw energies, I had these visions of just different things happening in life. And I was always told that that is bad. That is like dark stuff, that's bad. Like, because you do that, you're like the devil. Like it was just very like naked. And so I also internalized, I'm awful, I'm bad, like I'm evil. And so that on top of just everything that I had gone through, it was just like, I was in hell. And um, one of my hospital visits, 
I was kind of the last straw for my parents. I had just gotten back um, and then I um, OD'd again and went back to the hospital and they had kicked me out of the house because they were just like, they, they could not deal anymore. And so I ended up moving in with my friend and her boyfriend and he, um, he was a meth addict and just awful situation. I was 17 at the time. And I, um, he would call the cops on himself almost every week. And so it was just this whole, like this whole kind of routine. He would call the cops. I would then have to tell him I'm not a runaway and that it was okay. And then that was it. And so that happened all the time. And this one time he called the cops and it was just like, for some reason, I was just so freaked out to talk to them. Um, that I went in a room and like kind of hid there and was just like, okay, it's going to be okay. Like it's gonna like, it's going to blow over. And as I was like sitting in that room, I like just opened this random book. This book was on the ground. I don't even know whose book it was like no idea. And I just am like trying to distract myself and I open this book and it's like, it says all the suffering in the world comes from wanting thyself to be happy and all the happiness um, in the world comes from um, wanting others to be happy. And I like had this profound like epiphany for all of a sudden I felt like just this like light golden light wash over me and for one second in my life I wanted to live mm. and that like feeling that feeling of wanting to live just for a like brief moment I never have I never had felt before that I was like, if I can feel that for one brief moment, I want to live a life where I can feel that every single day. And so that was, um, I was 17 and that's when I started like kind of faking it till you like make it like, uh, just do like a diet, like, kind of went in a deep dive of um, like trying to fill my hunger for anything about like a spiritual awakening, about like books, podcasts, just anything I could read, like uh, Buddha teachings, um, just so many things I just needed to fill this in me. And I started like little slowly, like wanting to live. And I um, didn't realize that a lot of the visions that I had when I was younger of this life that I thought I would never make it to the age I am now were visions that like of me being in San Diego, that when I moved to San Diego, I had the, I had, I realized I had a vision when I was little about it and I had no idea what it was. And it was just incredible. And now here I am and I literally have, I feel like anything I ask for, I receive. I'm so in love with life. Like, I love every day. I'm like, oh, I can't wait to like be alive. I love that I'm living. Like, I love, I'm so grateful for everything. And it was just like a complete 180. And so I feel like I didn't even really know what manifesting was up, um, about. So I think like seven years ago, I kind of found it out. But I didn't realize when I was little and having those visions, I was actually like manifesting. Mm -hmm. So I feel like I was doing it and the, like doing that before I even knew what it was. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel like a lot of us do things and then look back and think, oh, I guess I was manifesting the whole time. And that's what I mean around people not maybe knowing exactly how to do it, but they're aware that I thought it and then it happened or I yeah. wished for something and then it happened or I thought, oh, I'm going to get a parking spot and then there's the parking spot um, mm -hmm. or I hope they pick my name and then all of a sudden your name gets picked. It's like there's levels to it. So has there been a practices that you guys have tapped into that you've been able to help other people learn how to manifest for themselves? Is it something that you kind of get to explore with people that are that, that work with you or that are around? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And what we um, 
we kind of talk about like, for me, I was actually thinking about this the other day. It was kind of like throw everything you can at it. Like I, we have a bunch of different practices that we individually do. And mm -hmm. I think some like we're more consistent about than others. And for me, I can say that for sure. And I know like what works best for me. Like for me, I'm more of a, like a language person. Like I like writing, I like, like listening. Um, so for me, like scripting works really well. And that's like writing as if it's already come true. So like writing like a paragraph of like a day in the life of my dream life. Um, or like I was scripted about my boyfriend that I now have, but like a couple months before I met him, oh. what he's, everything <laughs> that he's like, like this beautiful, like, it's like a page long in my journal of like, um, the qualities about him and how he makes me feel. And just like, like I was just writing my journal about, you know, a day in the life with him. So for me, that's called scripting. And, um, that, is really effective for me because it kind of helps me get in the vibration of it. And I think that's the core is like understanding that the vibration or the feeling mm -hmm. and that like sustaining that feeling of what it would be like to have those things that you're wanting is more important than anything else. Like if you put the desire out there, for example, like the bane of my existence is like financial abundance. <laughs> so that for me is like difficult quote unquote to manifest because I have, you know, stories around it and blocks that I've, been working really hard to undo and for me it's like um what was I trying to say yeah like this, <laughs> <laughs> the stories around it um can be a little bit tricky but it's like when you have that oh I got it the desire is like be sure that it's not like okay yeah I want um a hundred thousand dollars and like to be careful that the desire is not creating like a lack uh feeling within you so if I focus too much on that and it's like, oh, but I don't have it, but I don't have it, mm -hmm. but I don't have it. I want it, but I don't have it. Then that is a different feeling Scarcity. than the feeling, exactly, the feeling of already having it. Right. So you have to sustain the feeling of already having it and whatever helps you do that, whatever tool, um, a lot of people like to visualize and that, and I've been working on that, like spending time. <laughs> like, <laughs> My visual. Yeah. And meditation, like picturing it um, is also, it's like whatever you can do that allows you just to sustain, sustain the feeling for as long as possible. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm a visual visualizer and I like to do the lit little bullet points, which I call like a praise before my breakthrough of, um, praising, just being like, I am so happy that I have this relationship or I am so happy. Um, I was just looking at a list that I did in 2020 and, I realized that all of the things on my bullet point list I had. I moved to San Diego. I um, had a. I have a lovely, like, amazing community group. I am like um, just really taking care of my health. Like, it's just all these things that I was like, wait, they all happened. And so I like to do just little bullet points, and I'm very visual. So I just um, I do meditations of just being like, okay, I'm here, and also just affirmations help me during the day just mm -hmm. to really feel that mindset of being grateful because it's like as long as you're like manifesting from an abundant point of view it's it's like i feel like spirit god whatever you choose to call it is like oh you are already so grateful we're gonna give you more opportunities because with what you have where you handle it well like i really believe what you do with a little you'll do with a lot and if you come from a scarcity kind of desperate point of view it's not, it doesn't open opportunity. It doesn't give you, it gives you like, I don't have anything. And that's not true. Everyone has something. So mm -hmm. true. 
And that's what I wanted to kind of tap in a little bit because we all have those stories like from preconditioned like upbringing of however we were raised, whatever environment, circumstances, you know, the first go-to reaction is, you know, not necessarily a scarcity. Like I don't have that, but obviously we have to be aware we don't have it in order to want it. So I think that's where like people who are super practical or super like, you know, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I hear you, but <laughs> like, yeah, I don't, still don't have it. So like, how do I embody or visualize having the thing if I've never had it? So like, how would I know how it feels if I've never had a hundred thousand dollars in the bank or, you know, X, Y, Z. And I feel like a lot of times if we can unlearn or become aware of things that happen to us as children, um, we can be more cognizant of why we're thinking the negative thoughts around the things we say we want, or we, or we've blocked ourselves from having, or even having the ability to be around or to be able to make that kind of money or to come into living in a place where we want to live or meeting our partner. Um, do we have any like hacks or like, I should probably ask you, what have you seen since you've worked with children, Kimberly, especially, um, have you seen like learned behaviors as children obviously lead to like unhealthy emotional or emotions in adults? Obviously the answer would be yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so what are some ways that like people can start to either reframe or acknowledge or kind of, I don't know, adjust to acknowledge some of that stuff as to why the patterns are happening as adults now? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, great question. So for me, what I've learned is that a lot of our like subconscious, like our, our day to day is, is controlled. I think it's like 70 to 90% by our subconscious. I think they want to say 90 is what I've heard, um, a lot. And our subconscious mind is, is the mind that we're not conscious of. It's like running in the background and it has our programming, our stories, all of that in there. And what I've heard said, and I want to get this right, but I believe it's like most of our subconscious like programming and our default like narrative and everything that we operate on default and basically like our pattern perceptions of the world are formed by the age of nine, uh, majority by seven and then by the age of nine. So if you think back to those early formative years and like you're creating your perception of the world, your worldview, you're like, this is, you know, how I am safe or unsafe in the Mm -hmm. world. And um, this is how people treat me. This is how, you know, X, Y, and Z, all of these beliefs that you've inherited, adopted, or created um, really formulate like the way that you navigate the world. And those don't really tend to change very much unless we consciously change them. And so like, for example, I think of like, you know, my dad telling us stories about like, you know, us getting yelled at, you know, for spending too much money at Costco or um, those kinds of things or like him you know, like persistently talking about like his debt and how like um, it was, we couldn't do X, Y, and Z. And it was a lot of like, but um, a lot of like guilt and like shame wrapped around and all of that. So for me, like that has manifested in myself. Um, and I, I, it's taken a lot to undo that. And one of the strategies I like to do is like visualizing my little child self and trying to like find those memories. Mm -hmm. And I've heard like, even if you can't remember it like accurately, or it's like a vague picture of a memory, like for example, um, my dad told me, like has retold me that uh, one time I was like, wanted something and he was like, oh, we can't um, afford it. And I was like, well, just go to the free money machine, (laughs) the ATM. (laughs) And so, um, and he was like, no, we can't because X, Y, Z. And so 
like for me, I took that memory or like, and kind of created a little picture of it. And in meditation, like went into that memory and like talked to myself in the backseat of the car and was like, Hey, like, it's okay. You know? And like gave her a hug. And like, even though you want this thing, like you're totally deserving of it, you will have it and it's going to be all right. Um, you know, this is his story and doesn't have to be yours. And so it's like kind of reparenting, like thinking of yourself as a little child, like going in and telling yourself the truth. Um, when you're told things that, you know, don't have to be true for you. Yeah. Like losing the, losing the old narrative, because I mean, what that reminds me of is I was just listening to this really good Ted talk and this guy was explaining how we, yeah, I said, yeah, it was it kind of exactly what you said. Um, of, and he, he was like, for example, he did this little scenario of a dad and a kid at a store. And as a kid, you don't like the world is so big. You're not aware of debt. You're not aware of, uh, all these things going on. Whereas parent, as parents, they, that's what's consuming them. The, like, how do they provide how, their jobs, all this going on. And he was saying like a dad and a son go into the store and the son wants this thing. And it's not that the dad can't afford it, but he just is like trying to, um, trying to get what he needs and get out of the store. And the son keeps like, dad, can I really want it, please, please. And then the dad just snaps and he's like, no, you don't deserve it. Mm-hmm. So the son doesn't know what's going on. He doesn't know the stress the dad's holding. All he now knows is I don't deserve it. I'm not good enough. And then he uses that old, that, that narrative gets just replayed in his head and he uses it growing up and it then plays into relationships like, oh, she left me. I'm not good enough. And so I think a lot of, I mean, that's why um, I feel like I do too, is like going back and realizing that where did these old narratives come from? And um, if you were back there, would you tell, would you tell a like five-year-old or seven-year-old you're not good with money? How can a seven-year-old not be good with money? How can a seven-year-old not be deserving and kind of re, like reparenting and going back and being like, okay, this is where this old narrative started. What can I do to um, drop that old narrative? Mm-hmm. I want to add something there. Um, the other thing that I think is helpful to like uh, conceptualize or visualize is like leaves on a tree. So like you get this little, um, if you're watching your thoughts and like, I strongly think that that's kind of part of like a spiritual awakening journey Mm -hmm. is learning how to be the observer of your own mind and like depersonalize that like anxious mind that we, you know, all tend to have and being able to like monitor, okay, like I want to buy this new dress and, you know, my mind is telling me I don't deserve it or, you know, it's too expensive. It's a, it's a want, not a need, like whatever the story comes up. And then those being like the leaves on the tree, that, that little story that just popped up. Okay. Where did that come from? Mm -hmm. Tracing it back down, down the twig to the branch, to the, you know, to their like roots. And okay. If we want to like undo those roots, right. If we can find a memory that's early enough, you know, kind of to reparent and do that visualization, visualization strategy, um, that can be really helpful or just like you know, mentally giving your inner child a hug, something like mm-hmm. that. Um, you know, putting your hands on your heart and giving yourself like love in that moment and just like being like, it's okay. Like I'm the mom basically, or mm-hmm. I'm the, I'm the adult and like, I've got you and you know, it's okay. Yeah. Like you do deserve it and yeah. all those things and kind of like reframing, retalking to yourself. Uh, but also affirmations, I think, because of like those early, you know, messages that we get of like not being deserving, you don't deserve that. Um, just like a simple affirmation of like, I am worthy and deserving of all my Mm. desires. 
Um, so it's like using the affirmations to kind of combat those narratives, I think is really helpful. Yeah. You want to like, for a little bit, I think it's going to be, it's not something easy to, you're not going to wake up and be like, okay, I'm enlightened. I will replay on my head. I think really just knowing that it's going to be a little bit of faking it until you make it and just putting in like really putting in those rituals and really um, being intentional with what you want to break away from what, what do you, what future do you want to create and really being intentional with that. And after a while, I feel like the last three years, I, I kind of, I, after doing like work for longer than three years before that, I feel like the last three years I kind of woke up and was like, Oh wow. Like now it's like, it just comes into my affirmations just come into my head. Like, naturally and I'm like oh hey Me like too. yeah or complimenting people just comes into my head naturally and I was like yeah mm-hmm. yeah that. yeah right. that's huge for me too I find that like old stories come up all the time and, and it takes it's like anything and I always relate things to working out you can't eat one salad and get skinny just like one cheeseburger won't make you fat you know it's like the affirmations that you kind of feel grounded in are ones that when those thoughts come up or when I get a little mm, about spending money or about investing or about things being expensive, you know, I have a go-to affirmation that is the exact opposite of whatever that scarcity thought is. And so I think, yeah, journaling out those affirmations, because we all know things that trigger us or hold us in those scarcity mindset moments that hold us back from making decisions, or we choose things out of fear or out of scarcity or out of lack or we don't allow opportunity in our life, or we can't receive certain things because we've never had them before. So when people even are kind or giving or nice to us, a lot of times you're like, well, what do you want? Or like the like negativity of that comes up. Like the first thing I just thought of right there was my mom had this old narrative around men and men only want one thing. And I'm like, what? Like, you know, like, of course, you know what she meant, but at the end of the day, I'm like, okay, but they can still be nice and want that. <laughs> Uh women want that too mom Mm -hmm. (laughs) like just some conditioned story that she had been told that she passed on to me and there were so many of those stories and you know I think I have a cousin who we have similar our moms are sisters and we share a lot of like similar stories of both our moms were really young when they had us and it's like recognizing now in our 40s the stories that were told to them are the reason they then told them to us. But it took us until our late thirties, early forties to realize it wasn't them. This was done to them just like it was accidentally done to us. And I think that's when you can have a little more compassion a for them, but B for yourself to start to say, well, what stories would I want to say to myself? How do I want to talk to myself? Um, so if you could tell your younger self anything, what would it be? Mm, good question. I love that. I gosh, just to like, yeah, trust yourself that everything's like, everything's going to be all right. Everything's going to work out. And, um, yeah, just like all of, all the things like you're beautiful, you're capable, (laughs) Mm -hmm. like, you know, anything you want to create. And even I wish, you know, I could give her a glimpse into the future. I think about that sometimes is like, that's a really good way for me to manifest is like manifest gratitude and appreciation for my life is to visualize, what it would be like to show my younger self my life now. Um, and like, I know she would be over the moon. <laughs> right. I mean, mm-hmm. My affirmation, like my, one of my all time favorites is you are an unrepeatable miracle. 
Mm-hmm. It's like, I wish that was just really my younger self could just yeah. really understand that. And, mm-hmm. and I mean, even there's, I feel like it's just, you're always, you're always going to be working and reframing your mind if you are in a growth mindset. And so it's kind of, it's kind of beautiful too, because you get to a point where like, okay, I know how to like, I know how to hack this. Like I know how to, um, and even today I, we, what I love about our friendship is we both have different just like strengths and we just complement each other really well. And even today I was sharing with um, Kim that I'm kind of, I'm being very open to love. I'm not, I, it's been very, um, it's been, it's been a journey for me. And so I was telling her there's times where um, as I've been uh, dating people, there's been times where I've literally had to, I'm like, I've been very quiet lately because there's times where I just want to push someone away and in the past I would have been like don't do that I don't like or like but I'm really I told her I was like I have to I'm quiet and just think okay Annie why are you doing that why would you say that you don't need to say that Mm -hmm. and I feel like that kind of like and she just gave me I don't know I feel like she's my love guru (laughs) and she just she just like also helped me see that it's like it's okay that I'm being quiet and really stepping back and being like, where is that coming from? Where is that, like, that um, me pushing that person away coming from? Mm-hmm. So. It's even, like, catching your ego before it yeah. speaks, you know, learning how to, like, respond consciously instead of react. Yeah. Um, and that comes, again, from, like, practice of, like, watching your thoughts and, and realizing, yeah, like, that that's depersonalizing it, like, recognizing yeah. that, like, that little, you know, scared voice that wants to jump yeah. out and, like, um, is not, like, who you are or doesn't define the situation either and that you have a chance to you know yeah respond anew love that i mean the emotional intelligence piece is just so key and then if any of you guys are listening if this is speaking to you there's a great book called the untethered soul which talks about <laughs> i wrote it down i wanted to bring i wanted to bring it up that voice in your head that's always there and it's just becoming aware of your thoughts because your thoughts are a part of who you are they came from somewhere but like she said 90% of your your thoughts are subconscious repeat patterns that, you know, um, are probably not even your own. You know, we don't think many new thoughts in a day. It's like repetitive stuff plays in your head. So it's just like becoming more aware of that. Um, yeah, that book is, is amazing. So what is something that's getting you guys super excited right now? Is there something that you're working on? I know the podcast is like being birthed right now. So what is something that gets you guys excited or that, I mean, can be anything. I just want to share a little more about you guys with our guests. Okay, before we get to that, um, I do. You brought up the untethered soul, and I wrote mm-hmm. down there was um, kind of circling back to the emotional healing piece and what we would say to our younger selves. I want to um, kind of close that uh, thought first because I love that you brought that up. That book is fantastic, by the way. The untethered soul is like I've gifted it to so many people. It's like the power of now. It's very similar, a lot of similar content, but it is a little bit easier to read and dives um, a little bit more deeply into like emotional healing and and self awareness. And I like a concept. Um, it's a that he brings up, and it's called it's a Sanskrit word called samskara. And one of the things that I would say to my younger self is that life is for you, not against you. Mm-hmm. Everything that happens and your life is designed for your own evolutions, designed for your growth. And even the things that are triggers are designed for your healing. And so like, there's an example in the book where it's like, um, you're driving down the road and you see a car that looks like your ex's car. (laughs) And then like all you, you know, instead of looking at the beautiful day again, all you can think about over and over again is the ex's car and, oh, was I, were they with somebody else and blah, blah, blah. 
and you're just your mind goes on this crazy loop and that there's still like basically what happened is you have a samskara which is like a trapped little pain bubble <laughs> like to picture it in your body like in your in your energetic body there's this like trapped pain bubble that was poked and it was triggered by that uh, event that happened and you can either open up and like open your heart and let it release and let the emotions flow through you to release or you can keep it bottled up and just keep those you know add on to it and just let that bubble grow bigger or deeper and so i think of um, emotional healing that way that like the things that come up are for our good and it's to like let that go and that ties into um abraham hicks's teachings and i like this analogy she talks about like wearing this weighted vest basically with all these like sandbags attached to it and um that we want our vibration to like we want to float up you know if we're in this water and we have all these sandbags attached to us of like pain past pain that's like dragging our vibration down basically and if we can like cut those off one by one as those triggers come up or by doing like healing practices like breath work or yoga or um therapy. acupuncture therapy all of those healing practices we can let those sandbags go and like naturally our vibration raises mm, that's so good I mean that gets me excited to answer my own damn question. <laughs> <laughs> love that I mean I think just being aware the better questions we start to ask ourselves the better answers you start to get and the more curious you get about like why these feelings pop up and the more conscious you can about you know shifting that and reframing that and bringing yourself back to what is really true versus what is the story I've just made up around this. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I mean, for me to answer your question, I think I'm, I'm really excited because I believe the podcast kind of started it all. And I believe since meeting, like really having our divine appointment, I have, um, realized how powerful it is to manifest, like have a community of people like that you can manifest with and how strong it is. And since I think we were brought together, there's been so many things that like so many of our manifestations coming to fruition. And I feel like I have, um, I didn't realize how closed off to like love I was. And just lately from, from really connecting with you, I believe it's brought me to this thing a couple, like a month ago to realize how closed off I was. And that when I, you're, I believe when you're closed off in one kind of sector of your life, you're not letting abundancy and flow into all the other sectors. And so I was really, I was like, okay, I'm going to be really vulnerable and just be open and like be open to love. And since doing that, like so many manifestations, it's like every day, it's like, are you freaking kidding me? This is crazy. Just random things just flowing in, like literally one time thinking, I haven't been to a concert in a while. I really want to go to a concert. Next day, my friend randomly was like, hey, this is so random, but I got um, a con- like concert tickets to Justin Bieber. Do you want to go? Oh and it was just like so crazy, just stuff like that or just one time. And because of that concert, I was like, oh, I might have to like, uh, I work, I do a lot of jobs, but one of them is like I'm an assistant and I work from home. And one of, I was like, oh, I might not like be able to do that job if I go to this concert. And then I get a text from the boss being like, oh, I don't need you to work. And then I got another text right after from a lady being like, hey, could you do this job for me this day? And it paid like more than what I was going to make. Just crazy things happening like that. And so I'm just excited for just life in general in this podcast because I feel like it's been so healing for us and for me. And it's just like even like 
pushed like just pushed abundance and made it so huge so, yeah I, I think that's how things start to flow right like it's like one thing unlocks and then it's like in momentum and I think anybody listening if you're in a season where you're like oh I wish that would happen to me like lean into what she was saying about being more open and positive versus like, I don't have, I don't this, I like the negative part of it, because when you start to be grateful and shift, like what, what was it that you said when you appreciate what you have, you get more of it or what you said it so yeah. good. Um, when, yeah, I guess I got like, what did I say? Tag it. I'll have, I'll have her, the podcast girl pull it out for me. <laughs> it was so perfect. Kimberly, what about you? What are you feeling right now that you feel so excited about? Gosh. Yeah. I'm so excited for everything that's been manifesting for me too, like just creating the life of my dreams over here. Yes. <laughs> yeah. We've got tons of good travel and festivals and DJ stuff. I'm a DJ too. And, um, all that's like just popping up left and right. And just, yeah, I don't believe in coincidences <laughs> at all. Just oh all my God. I know. I, seriously. I feel like that's so amazing. And I feel like, um, just by you guys starting and doing something, you're like opening up the gates for other people to like, Oh, okay. They did it. I can do it. Like, I love that come with me versus like, look at me go because as women, especially like just raising the collective all together and just having these conversations, um, you know, it's like, we're, we all have shit. So it's like, talk about it, work through it, yeah. find people to support you, like get around people that are having these conversations. So you know that you're not alone. Um, and then just use the tools that you have to bring the awareness to creating the life that you want. That's what we're all about here. Yeah. podcast. I love you girls. Thank you so much for sharing your time with us today. Uh, where can they find you so we can follow you? Awakening 101 is the podcast. Where, where do you guys hang out? IG? What's, what's the spot? Instagram. Yeah. Awakening 101 podcast on Instagram and then uh, Spotify as well. Awakening 101. And I think we will be on YouTube soon. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Instagram and Spotify are the best ways right now. Yay. Oh my God. Amazing. <laughs> You guys, if you love this episode, please, please pass it on to a friend. Send it to them right now before you get off. Share it with them. Tag us on social media. Send me a DM telling me a takeaway so I can share it with the girls. As always, we'd love to bring you guests that are thought-provoking, get you really thinking about how you could up-level your life and bring more of that good stuff in. So until the next time, we'll see you on the next one. Thank you so much, Jessica. Bye. I'm going